with Charlotte Peak. Charlotte, thanks for coming in. Appreciate no problem. it. I'm super happy to be here. Excited. Big yeah. week of the senior speech. Yes. Had it Monday. Feel really good about it. Yeah. Well, what was that like, to, given the speech as the all-school president? Um, it was a little weird because, like, every day I'm up there giving announcements, kind of introducing the speaker in this time. And we have two chairs on stage, and that's where, like, your advisor and then the person who's giving the speech gives it. And then I'm, like, at the podium in the beginning. And then me, like, starting at convocation with me in the chair was so weird because yeah. my vice president um, of the whole school introduced me or, like, said the announcements for the day. So, so weird just, like, sitting there. But yeah. it was it was really fun to do. What was the uh, what was the process of writing this speech like, or how did you get the message that you wanted? I thought you did a great job. Thank you. Um, basically, I wanted to talk about something that was relatable and meaningful. You know, people do a lot of funny speeches or talk about like an issue to them, just something that reveals themselves. That's what convocation is about, like to know more about the speaker. And I decided to do something that was a little more serious because I think it's really important to see like when you have a head person, you know, it, they could seem maybe perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but, or they could seem really positive all the time. And I wanted to kind of like bring light to the fact that like, just because I'm in charge, or just because everyone sees me as like the face of something, it doesn't mean like that I'm better than you. Like we're all the same. It's just a title that I have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you brought up Inside Out the movie, mm -hmm. which I'm ashamed to say, I, I don't think I've ever seen oh, Inside Out. Gotta watch it. Yeah. Why did, why is that, um, why did that come up for you? Um, that movie. Well, one of my friends, actually Charlotte Feist, I was talking to her, and she was like, oh my gosh, you're the thing that you want to talk about, basically, like, I was talking about, like, not being okay with not being okay, and she was like, that's the whole reason of Inside Out, because, you know, you see this girl, and we get to meet, like, or we get to see what's going inside of her brain, mm -hmm. and you meet the five emotions that she has, and you see that joy is like the main factor, which is very similar to me. And throughout the movie, you see joy like overriding all of the emotions and none of the emotions kind of have a say in anything she does because joy thinks everything should be happy. Everything should be controlled by happiness, which is like, yeah, that's a great thing to have. But also if you're just happy all the time, like you won't feel or like you won't understand like the levels of your mistakes or like how you can get better by something. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that, especially, you know, in leadership, in our leadership class, mm -hmm. we were talking about enthusiasm just the day yeah. before, and one of my favorite quotes by Ralph Waldo Emerson is, nothing great was ever accomplished yeah. without enthusiasm, mm -hmm. and I do think of you as a very enthusiastic <laughs> person, like you're very positive, mm -hmm. and ha you seem happy yeah. every day, and upbeat, and excited about what you're doing, so I think that's an, it was an important message in your mm -hmm. speech, because... You know, even though you you present that, it, that doesn't mean you're always yeah happy or feeling great. Yeah, and I like think I think now when I think about it, like as I've grown up, like when I was in middle school, I think I kind of shied away from like the uncomfortable emotions. I think everyone's like uncomfortable with like sadness or like hating something that maybe no one else hates. But then as I kind of grew up, I've realized that like if you like in if you I'm trying to think of how to say it. Like as I grew up, I realized that in order to be like a true like to be like truly happy, you also have to feel the emotions because like you have to balance everything in your life, mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, in order to be a complete mm -hmm. person, like no one ever is ever, yeah. you know, on, you know, on what is it, cloud nine yeah. all day long. <laughs> yeah, right? and I think like as like even a leader, it's important like to show like the vulnerability of yourself and kind of like that you are complex. You're not just one thing, and you're not just 
this certain way all the time because I think like with a lot of things in the public eye people may think that but yeah it's not normally true yeah and I feel like we were talking about this yesterday a little bit with Mabel on the podcast but with social media and just mm-hmm. the I think the fact that growing up today I've been thinking about this a lot too growing up today and for adults too but I think mostly for you your age mm-hmm. you know you've grown up with social media and you've had to almost exist in two yeah. lo- in two lives, you know, like the mm-hmm. real physical world where we're sitting in the room with Cesare and doing a podcast, <laughs> but also the social online image yeah. life, you know. And I think I think that is not natural for anybody mm-hmm. to have to – one life is hard enough, you know. Yeah. It's hard enough just to be here in person and deal yeah. with the ups and downs of our everyday lives anyway. But ha- having to have another life on the computer, on the screen that you're presenting and you're trying to curate and you're trying to keep up for people who follow you. Yeah. It's really hard. And I think, I think that's maybe one of the reasons we're seeing so much depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. and loneliness with younger people yeah. is it's, it's not natural to be able to do both those things. And I think it's like also so consuming. Like everyone is doing it. So that's why everyone wants to do it. They just want to follow. They don't want to like be the odd one out usually. But I think because it's so consuming, it's like affecting like the like generations to come, I guess. And I think it also like loses sight of like the like personal connections. Like I remember like in our past English classes and this year, like we've talked about like really finding like the human connection of things and like valuing those because it's getting smaller and smaller because everyone's just always on their phones all the time. Mm -hmm. So like, I think like being always on your phone and think like thinking you have to do that or even like having the because since they're coming so separated, it just feels like a lot of people are like losing like sight of like the meaning mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. I, and I wonder, maybe you can give a better answer to this question, but like Ralph Waldo Emerson and Thoreau, they lived in a world that was going so yeah. fast and you've got the railroad and you've got the telegraph and, you know, the increase in production mm-hmm. and the world was moving so fast that they retreated almost into nature, mm-hmm. into, a, into a cleaner, uh, more natural environment as a way of, you know, rebelling almost, mm-hmm. the transcendentalists. And I love studying the transcendentalists because of that reason. And I wonder if, you know, from your perspective, you see younger people saying, I don't want to be on social media or mm-hmm. TikTok or, or all of this stuff because it's not natural. Like, is there a rebelliousness to people realizing, why would I spend seven hours of my day on my phone or is it just this is our life? I'm not sure because, like, I don't, I don't like want to do this, but I think people are starting to think like this is just like what it is. Like, yeah, I'm gonna always bring my phone here, and I'm always gonna do this. Like, I don't know. Like, I've tried to, like, I know some, like, so many people, like, even like with your nature comment, like people going on walks or runs. Like, I know people who always bring their phones, mm-hmm. but I've started, you know, if I take my dog for a walk, like instead of listening to music, I'll just kind of be let myself be or something because yeah. it's like an easy breakaway. Yeah, like you need to disconnect at mm-hmm. some points because I don't know. I, I I'm not a saint. Like I use my phone a lot, and I probably yeah. <laughs> if I looked at my hours on my screen time for the week, it's, it's probably, scary. It's scary. It's probably scary, but also, I don't know. I I feel like I am pretty conscious of putting my phone away when I'm with people yeah. and trying to limit my social media or just thinking to myself as I'm scrolling, what are you doing? Like there's yeah. other things you could be doing right now. Yeah, like I definitely. I definitely try, like, not to be on it during homework. Like, I usually just go right into homework when I'm home. So then, like, I have time at night. But otherwise, like, 
it's so distracting that I just try to almost just throw it across the room so I don't like because then I won't even get up to get it. Yeah, and the thing is, it's d- addicting. Like, yeah. Like we're talking about TikTok, and TikTok oh, yeah. is not an app that I have, but I know how funny it is, how entertaining mm-hmm. it is, and how good the algor- algorithm is at finding videos that will entertain you. So yeah. you, it's easy to understand why people sit on TikTok all day long. Yeah, like I understand it. I. Like, I'll go on TikTok, but I probably will not see myself on there for more than, like, five, ten minutes. Like, I just, for me personally, like, I don't see, like, the point in just, like, sitting at my screen just, like, scrolling and scrolling. Like, like sure, it's, like, for, like, it's videos, like, designed for, like, what I might like. But I know some of my friends, like, they'll just be on it for hours and hours. And I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, another thing that I really like about coming over to Bryn Mawr and mm-hmm. seeing some of the speakers and just being in the auditorium that you guys have your convocation. Every, yeah. Is it every day you have a convocation? Yeah, it's every day but Wednesday. We have advisory during, on Wednesdays, but every other day is usually a senior speech. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes at Bryn Mawr. Yes. Sometimes there's like a double if there's not enough space. So this year we have one, but otherwise every like it's a graduation requirement to give a senior speech. I like that. And I also like the moment of silence you have. Oh, yeah. Why? Why is that a thing? Do you know? I think it's to get people present, you know, like from lunch, everyone's probably like a little hyper or like they're talking to their friends or on their phones, things like that. I think it's like nice to be present and come together when everyone in the upper school, faculty, anyone else who wants to listen to that speech for the day is fully present. You know, you have to respect the speaker. They want you to like, they want you to listen. Yeah. And I think I really like it. I usually like Doing it every day, I had to like, get used to making sure they were pretty much like the same amount of time. I usually do like a count down from 10. Okay. But sometimes, oh, that's interesting. But sometimes people will be like, oh, it was a little shorter today. Oh, yeah. a little longer today. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, I like that um, practice. Yeah. You know, and that could be something that I could use in the classroom a little bit because yeah. – I think maybe the hardest part of teaching is getting everyone mm-hmm. in the classroom mentally, not just physically, but mm-hmm. like mentally. I'm here. I'm not looking at my computer. And that's part of the reasons why I do the phone thing at the beginning of oh, class, yeah. which seems a little ridiculous. Yeah. And Gilman, it works. It works. Gilman wants us to do that. But, you know, I, it's not really about the phones because I know especially the juniors and seniors won't be yeah. on their phones too much during class. But... It's about putting the distraction away yeah. and having it physically removed from you. Yes, and everyone's, like, fully committed to what we're learning that day. But, no, I really like the moment of silence. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the meditation we do in class. But, I don't know, it just kind of – I think it gets you present and, like, sets you up for what you're about to listen to so there's no distractions. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, a good thing. the noise of, like, silence, mm-hmm. like, it kind of just, like, lets your brain be. Like, it doesn't let you wander. Like, sometimes you'll hear, like, noises outside, but especially, like, in Centennial Hall, like, our auditorium, um, it's completely quiet. So I think it's beneficial to a lot of people. Something that I wish, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, something that I wish people did at mm-hmm. Bryn and I, I'm not a person to give you guys <laughs> advice on what to do, but I kind of wish, you know, when you take the questions at the end, I wish people said, like, great speech, Charlotte. I really, like, yeah. a couple people did a couple that. Some people did that. But some people shoot their hands up and just say, and try to stump you with a question. Yeah. And that, it, it's good because it forces you to answer quickly yeah. on your feet. <laughs> but I kind of wish there's, you know, thank yeah. you, Charlotte. I appreciate your message. Now, here's my question. Yeah, I like that. I, whenever I've given questions, I think it's like on and off because I don't get to give questions since I'm on stage. But, um, yeah, I appreciate the people who say thank you. I think it's nice and, like, it actually shows they were listening. But also, I don't know if it's, like, if they don't say it, it's bad. Like, 
I think it's nice to say it, but also if they don't say it, like, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. But it's nice to hear. Yeah. And, I, and this is not just at Bremar, it's at Gilman and everywhere, but sometimes when we have guest speakers come mm-hmm. in and they take questions at the end and people just stand up and ask the question, sometimes I wish there's a norm or a practice of saying, my name is Mr. Scott. Yeah. I teach English here. Thank you for your speech. Now here's my question. Yeah, I, I just rem- like that a little bit. Yeah, I remember people did that at the like uh, tri school like talk when the NBA player came. Oh like, yeah, I, I remember someone did that. I forget who, but um, yeah, I feel like that's always nice because it also makes it personable and like you might be like remembered a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and and you know even though you're the all school president, there are probably still some people yeah. that you don't know that well, right? At, yeah. at your school. I usually try to say hi to people because, like, I don't want to be scared to anyone. Like, I want to, like, be a friend to everyone, so. Yeah. 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 Um, let me ask you what motivated you to want to become president. And I was class president mm-hmm. in high school. And I don't know what motiv- like what motivated me to do it, but is there something that led you to this position? Well, like, I remember in first grade, like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be all president. Like, I saw we did this thing called gym drill, and it's, like, this whole big dance, like, traditional thing. Everyone wears these, like, sashes. It's really fun. And they're not – it's not the all-school president, but I saw, like, the all-school captain, which is, like, they hold – like, we have, like, a banner march in gym drill, and they hold it, and they give a speech. I was like, wow, like, I want to be that person. Like, I loved, like, public speaking. Like, I liked really, like, making things fun for the grade. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to middle school, I was president. We had, like, officers, and there were, like, three at a time usually. So I was officer – in seventh grade and then I think I think one or two times I forget because then COVID happened but then when I we got to ninth grade I wanted to do class president but also there were new people like there was another girl at the time which we had always kind of like wanted to be president like we kind of always ran against each other and I lost ninth grade and tenth grade but I like knew I wanted to do it like I wasn't like just gonna be like okay like no like I I someone who like doesn't really like to give up so um junior year I decided you know maybe like I know a lot more people from other grades I'm really good friends with like underclassmen I was friends with seniors and juniors at the time since it was I was running at the end of my sophomore year and then after that I was like you know what I'm gonna run for all school sec treas which is secretary treasurer and basically you kind of send emails weekly to the school um I'm like the third tier of like the all schools and I was really good friends with the president and vice president. They were seniors at the time. So I was like, why not? Like, I'd always done president. So I was like, maybe just step a little lower this time. And that was like the highest all school I could do. Mm-hmm. And then after I got it, sometimes there's like a trend of like the secretary becoming the president. Not always, but sometimes. And then once I got it, like once I won the secretary, I was like, this is amazing. Like people always like complained about um, – sending the emails oh so annoying like whatever but I loved it like I made them super fun emojis and everything what is that uh what are the emails for um it's like uh I sent like the schedule for the week so it'd be like hey guys or I would say like hey upper school this week is green week um and I'd be like this day's even this day's odd and I would do fun events like I would include sports events birthdays fun like things happening on campus say there was like a bake sale or like a drive or something um and like that never like felt like a chore to me Mm -hmm. um but I know like a lot of people who said like oh it was so annoying but I loved it and then at the end of um junior year I was like I have to do president like even if I lose like at least I tried Mm -hmm. and then I ran 
And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, What do you do as all school president? Like what is maybe the hardest part of your job? Mm. I don't know. I don't know because um, for like SGA at Bryn Mawr, it's very like I would say it's team-based almost. Like we really work together a lot. We meet on Mondays during lunch. And I really work, we call ourselves like SGA Trio, which is like the all school leaders. So it's um, like me, my vice president and my sec trash. And we work together like all the time. We're always texting, thinking of like fun new ideas, but also in the SGA meetings, like the, all of the grade reps come because they have for each grade, there's a president, a vice president, sec trash as well. So there's um, like, like 15 of us maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so we're all working together, you know, like I'm like not always like the deciding factor, what the theme of the dance is. Like we kind of all work together, but, um, otherwise like in terms of like what I do separately, I mainly do like a lot of convocations. Like I do the announcements or sometimes if someone in like the communications office is like, Hey, can you, you know, advertise this? I can send an email, um, we do, like, STEM tri-school coordination, but otherwise, probably, like, one of, like, not the hardest things, but, like, something that I was, like, ooh, like, I really want to do this right was I had to give a speech um, on the first day of school, like, an opening day speech, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a senior speech, but it was, like, an opening day speech, but that turned out well, too, but it was really hard, like, to think of what to write. Yeah. Because it's to, like, all of the divisions. Like, it has to be easily, like, understandable to That's lower hard. schoolers. Yeah, I've thought about that before when yeah. our head of school does the, mm-hmm. you know, Thanksgiving or MLK oh, right. speech yeah. or end-of-the-year speech. It's like you've got to, A, entertain the little guys who yeah. are, you know, running around a little bit, and then you've got to talk to the middle school guys. Yeah. And then the faculty, I mean, there's just so much yeah. to cover in one 15-minute mm-hmm. speech or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, cool. So student council's going well. You're almost – is this halfway of senior year, you think, right now, yeah. about? Yeah. Is yeah. it going pretty well so far yeah. for you? I think I love my classes. I'm doubling um, English right now, which I love. I have, I'm taking your class, Leadership Lit, and then I'm taking actually the same day. So I have like English, Math, English, which I really like. the other English class? Creative writing here with okay. Ms. Royston. How's I that lo- going? I really love it. Like, because I feel like last year in English, like, I really learned that English, like, was not just like assignments and assignments, like... I feel like we do a lot of things create like creatively, which I really loved, and it made me really like to write. So I was like, why don't I just try this? So, we, you know, we started with creative writing. It's almost done because we're kind of forming our like revised like portfolio of things. But we did poetry, we did short stories, we're doing like creative nonfiction stories right now. But it's been great. I really like it. She's a fellow too, but. Um, she and I, she, we're gonna have her on the podcast, I think. But I, I'm gonna meet with her on. Friday at okay. two o'clock and we're just going to do writing for an hour because yeah. I, I feel like just, you know, for me personally in the school year, I'm doing so much grading yeah. and lesson prep and other things and podcasting that I don't get a chance because to just write. teach history too now? Teaching history yeah. too. It's just a lot, you know, a lot yeah. of uh, academic things, mm-hmm. but I would like to have an hour set yeah. aside just to write, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like like, the first time when she was like, oh, we're going to do poetry, I was like, oh, like, oh, I don't know if I like poetry. But it was, like, the way she kind of presents a lot of her assignments is really easy to kind of think of topics to do. Like, it's very kind of guided, which made it really fun to write the poetry. What kind of poems are you writing in the class? 
Um, it was more like in the fall, but we did a lot of like we did like traditional. We did um, spoken word. Um, there was like one called like a Sistina. Yeah, Sistina. Um, yeah. I we did. I really liked her out couplets. Um, what else did we do? Oh, we did like um, free verse. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we did one other, but it was really fun. We had like we usually have four writing prompts usually per unit. Okay. But what what's I, the difference in terms of how she teaches spoken word poetry versus just a regular free verse poem? Um. We, that was like an add-on, but I know we partnered with, I, f- I think his name is Mr. Molina, maybe? Yeah, he's Mr. An, Molina. Yeah. yeah. We um, went to one of his creative writing classes and, or maybe it's like a poetry, I don't know. And we listened to a lot of people, he's like, a, I guess, a spoken word poet. He's excellent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he um, like showed our class some of his poems and he like performed them and it was great. And um, we watched, we spent like a lot of, Besides that, we did a lot of um, video watching and we kind of like analyzed like what factors like make it spoken word. Is it like the performance around it? Is it the way they speak? Is it the way Mm -hmm. they carry their bodies, move their hands? Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to like analyze each video or like even facial expressions too. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's great. I can't wait to uh, start writing a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, that's cool that you have it built in and you're writing a lot this year, which yeah. is good. Writing for your college essays as yeah. well. Is that still going on or is that over? No, I, I, I finished, I think I've, wait, I finished like November 31st. You're done. I had my last, because I only applied, I didn't, like I applied to like not even 10 because I was like, I'm not going to apply somewhere if I don't actually like it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, but I feel really good about it. Like I used one of, um, like last year in our English class when we were doing a lot of the creative voice, um, like, or like, um, personal, like personal essays and like example ones for ourselves. I used one of those and I like reworked it and I was really happy with it. Good. Yes. Good. Um, what college or colleges are you, I know this is like such an annoying question for seniors in high school, but where, like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? I want, the plan is to live in California. California. Or not live there, but go there. Yeah. A lot of my family lives out there and that's the plan. Like I just, cause I want to be um, com- a communications major um, with like a little business side to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like my dad's um, a professor in like business marketing. Oh, cool. But um. I like I took like an entrepreneurship class last year at Bryn Mawr and I really loved it and I was like you know maybe I could actually do something like this because I like doing um like designing things for company like like fake companies and that was really fun to me so I was and when I um had I had like an information session at like a college out in California and it was like the school that I want to go to like within like the institution and I like fell in love with it like it was great yeah yeah, you can't beat the weather out there. Yeah. Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, I think what people were saying and asking you after your senior speech about like the podcast, like I think yeah. I think communications is a perfect yeah. major or idea for you because that's what you I mean, it yeah. seems like you get excited about connecting with people mm-hmm. and leading people and speaking to people and you know, I think podcasting could be in your future, maybe. This maybe. Is, is this the first podcast you've ever done? Yes. Nice. But I don't know. Um, I remember someone asked me that. I was like, because she was like, oh, do you think 
you might want to do a podcast one day. Like, I don't know. I just like talking to people. Like, I feel like I really like feed off of other people's energy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like within communication specifically, I'm looking at like public relations, which is like giving like the, like making connections, like giving like brands, like a positive outlook, making mm-hmm. them like look good, but also like connecting them with like real, like p- other people in different industries. So I feel like that'd be fun. Yeah. It's so interesting because as much as we, at the beginning of this episode, kind of ripped on social media. Yeah. I think I think thinking about like being a curator and working for a yeah. company to like appeal to people in a marketing sort of way is really kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, you've got to you've got to figure out ways as a marketer or public relations person mm-hmm. to catch people's attention yeah. amidst so much distraction and other things yeah. that people are attracted to. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so Charlotte, let me ask you in your time at Bryn Mawr, freshman, how long have you gone to Bryn Mawr? Um, I've been there since first grade. First grade. Yeah, like my whole entire life. So let's just think freshman year till now. Uh, like how do you think you've changed as a person in these four years? Mm. Just thinking, you know, you're a senior about to graduate and a lot of change happens in high school. I definitely, I think I've done a better job of like being more confident, like in myself and like kind of zoning out of like the competitiveness at Bryn Mawr. I feel like it's really talked of, like, everyone's always like, oh, like, we talked about this the other day in English, um, how everyone's kind of thinking, oh, what'd you get? Like, I was in a class the other day, and they're like, oh, what'd you get, what'd you get? And I was like, uh. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really like to, like, okay, I will say, like, I like to know what people get, but not, like, because I'm like, oh, I did better than you. I just, like, want to know. Yeah, um, yeah. But, because um, I remember someone made a point in our class where it was like, well, it's kind of like you can just compare it to yourself, but also like that's really hard to do. Right, right. So I think I've done a better job of kind of, you know, saying like if I fail, like that's fine. Like I'll go to office hours and I'll like work hard to do better. Mm -hmm. Like I think I've been more open to like the possibility of like, yeah, like I can do it. Yeah, yeah. So comparing yourself to yourself and figuring out ways to (laughs) – Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good – like learning experience mm-hmm. in high school. I had the same experience. There was a guy I was friends with in eighth, ninth grade. It was in, he was in my classes. I was yeah. friends with him throughout high school, but he just was naturally a very smart guy yeah. and really good at math and science and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I was – math yeah. was not my thing. Not, not, not my thing either. So I would look at his math scores and be like, why can't I be like – why can't I get those grades? And Like we know. study the same way. We do all these things. Like what's going on there? But uh, I don't know, just comparing yourself to people who are different than you and in, mm-hmm. in the ways their brain works. You know, I was just be- better at English, was better at writing yeah. and better at history and more interested in that stuff, too. And I'm sure he was just as good because he's really smart. Yeah. But sitting there and thinking and comparing myself to him did not do me any favors. Yeah. Like, it really never does good. And, like, if you just kind of keep putting yourself down like that, it, like, it won't go up. You kind of, like, you have to put in the work. Like, you have to put effort but once you start doing that like it it'll turn out great yeah it's uh it's funny you think that this would this type of comparison to other people would die out after high school but yeah no. I mean I'm in no. grad school in the summer yeah and everyone's doing the same thing you get your paper back mm-hmm. in grad school the grades don't matter yeah. you know it's grad school yeah. you're gonna yeah. get your degree <laughs> you know everyone gets b pluses a minus mm-hmm. a it doesn't matter yeah but everyone's still looking around like hey yeah. what'd you get like <laughs> Like, what is going on here? Um, it's definitely, like, I like it's way easier said than done. Yeah. Like, 
I definitely think like you can so easily say th- things like that, but really like it does take time. Like you have to have the patience for it. Yeah. And especially if you're a competitive person, like yeah. you do want to excel yeah. even at the expense of other people. You want to yeah. beat people. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is your favorite thing about Bryn Mawr as a place? Ooh. And what is something that, well, let's start with that question. Like, I, oh, I don't know. Like, I've been there my whole entire life. Like, I, I remember in my, like, yearbook page, I said something about how, Bryn Mawr, like, it's truly, like, been my second home. Like, the way, like, we can so easily connect with our teachers and my friends. Like, it's just so easy to do it. And I think it's a lot of, like, I know we've talked about this in class before, but, like, being even being at, like, an all-girls school, like, just, I think, that, like, everyone can relate so much better. And I think my favorite thing about it is just like how like so at ease it is like Mm -hmm. I can so easily go up to a teacher even if it's not school related just about anything like with my dean of students like I'll just go into the hangout sometimes yeah and it's just super fun like I love moments like that or even like just with my friends just hanging out like not even on our phones we'll just be talking about stuff like I just think the ease Bryn Mawr like gives you of like making relationships and making those connections yeah yeah and it was interesting. We were talking leadership mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago about the all girls school, yeah. and you know who's pro all school and who's yeah. you know pro co ed experience. Uh-huh. And I really I do like the tri school coordination because it, yeah, it puts girls and guys in the same room. And before you go to college, you need that. Yeah. But you are you seem and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you seem very pro all girls school. Like this was a beneficial experience for you. Would you agree? With like that? I do think that. If I was at, like, if I was at a different school, like, I don't think I would have, like, I think I would have still strived, but I don't think, also, I don't know anything, I don't know anything else, but I think I would have, like, I don't think I would have, like, been open to more opportunities or, like, wanted to get involved with more things, because I think sometimes if, like, you mix the two, sometimes, like, it's just a lot more people, it adds, like, a lot more layers of opinions, mm-hmm. and I think it made it a little easier for me to, I guess, not like okay compete against people but like kind of like learn against people and like learn against people like who am I maybe more similar to yeah but also yeah. don't know anything but definitely with the tri school coordination like it was also like it wasn't that different to me like I have two older brothers and so yeah. like having boys in the house like it wasn't that different like right. I didn't really see a shift I think I think I like both but since I've only known only girls yeah. I think that's why I just I like have a lot of like I'm really passionate about it yeah it's just so interesting to me because, you know, I work at an all-boys school, and mm-hmm. I think there are some benefits to the all-boys oh, yeah, experience. 100%. But I also wonder, you know, like, wh- I don't know, what would be different if this was a co-ed school yeah. and, you know, when you go out into the world, when you go to college, you're going to be with girls and guys in the same mm-hmm. room. I don't know. I, I, I don't think one's better than the other. They're oh, just yeah. different. and. I'm curious what I, – I went to a co-ed school mm-hmm. and I had girls in my class all the time and I like that. I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. I wonder from you guys who are actually living it, like yeah. if you're really pro one or the other, you know. Yeah, like I don't, I don't even necessarily – I just think I don't know the other. But also I think even if you're talking or like arguing about, oh, all boys is better, all girls, like I feel like they'll be for the same reasons. Yeah. Like people just be like, oh, like – you can connect better with them. Yeah, you can connect better with either one, like right. even if they're alone. I think with co-ed, like with some people, I think maybe it's easier 
to like open up and maybe be like more vulnerable in like a one gendered session or um, like one gendered like area maybe or like yeah. um, like system. But I really think like I don't know if it really makes a difference. Maybe in my opinion, but I don't know. I think yeah, like I said, I think if you have like all boys and all girls, I think they show the same values. Like obviously, yeah, yeah. So I'm the oldest with two younger sisters, oh. and you're the youngest with two older brothers. Yes, so we're opposite. What um, what's that experience like being the youngest with two older brothers? And how old are your brothers? Okay, so my f- oldest one, Ben, he's um, a junior at Davidson. He's abroad right now, um, but so I haven't seen him like, I don't know, since like August something. Where is he abroad? Amsterdam. Oh, cool. But it's really cool. Like all of his friends and him are abroad, so they've been visiting each other. Like he was just in Italy the past week. He was like, oh yeah, I just like saw this thing, and I was like, <laughs> great. Um, and then my other, okay, Sam. He, um, oh, and they both went to BL. Okay. One, the Ben, the oldest one, he was at Gilman till about eighth grade, and then he switched. But then my like the one right above me. He's a freshman at Charleston, cool. which I'm looking there too. But um, I definitely, like, as we grew up, we weren't very talkative with each other. Um, but then once they went to college, like, we talk all the time. Like, yeah. it's so weird. Like, having them in the house, like, we always fought. Like, it was just, like, I was annoying. They were annoying. Like, just the same old, same old. But when they, like, when my first brother went away, like, to Davidson, we he started talking to me more like he would come home we would go get food together which was really fun and since my other brother is only one year older than me now that he's gone like we like realize how similar we are interesting which is so weird yeah my little sister's eighth grade and she's (laughs) calling me up last (laughs) night to help her with her essay in english class and it's funny how that how that stuff happens but cool Mm -hmm. Well, Charlotte, a name that has not come up yet is the person of the year who is Taylor Swift. Oh, um, time. So Taylor Swift, an influence of yours, someone yes. you love to listen to and look up to. Uh, what is the appeal of Taylor Swift? Why is she so attractive to younger women, uh, older women, everybody, Travis Kelsey, everybody? I think, well, to one point, I think she – normalizes everything that is not normalized like I think she says things that people are scared to and when as she switched like in between her different eras like she took a break before she went into her like reputation era that's like the one where it's like a lot of pop songs like everything went black Mm -hmm. and it's like her rep and um she kind of like talked back to everyone you know who had been hating on her and all these things and I I haven't like seen someone do that before and I think it's so risky to do that as like um, like a professional artist, like she doing that and like explaining like your worth and like going against what other these other people are saying like is messy. And I think it's so inspiring, like how she wasn't afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. Like even like it's even in any context, like doing something that is against the norm and like going against it and being fully confident in yourself, even if no one else is on your side, like she still continued to do it. And she like persevered through the hate and then look where she is today. Mm -hmm. Like, I think her story is so inspiring in that way. Yeah. She's really authentic. And she, uh, you know, I like how she almost like the inside out out message Mm -hmm. too, is like she in her different albums, she's talking about different experiences that she's had for better, for worse. Mm -hmm. Um, which you don't get a lot of the time. A lot of it is, you know, uh, 
doctored or trying to be made yeah. perfect or just for yeah. the show. And she's pretty real in that way. Yeah, like in her Lover album, like that was like the one that's like all pink. Like she mentioned politics. Like she was really, that was the first time where she really exposed like her personal views. And I think that's inspiring too because I think even a lot of people in the public eye, like they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think her doing that, like just like, Shows how amazing she is. (laughs) Like, she's even just so talented. Like, if you really, like, sit down and listen to her lyrics, like, she's a great writer. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's great. I think that's uh, something to bring up with Miss Royston in your creative writing class because she she really is a talented poet, too. Um, There actually, I think there's, I read there's a class at Harvard about Taylor Swift as a writer. Yeah, I think I saw that, too. Yeah, which is fascinating. Yeah, like, as my, um... Um, as there was like a college application question that was like, if you had to teach any class, what would it be on? And I did like Taylor Swift colon and then the art of being the like woman, but like man, like, like, whoa. And then man, because like parentheses, whoa, like W O because she has a song that's called the man and she has like a whole music video about it. But she's like, um, like if I'd be the man and she says like all of these things Mm -hmm. and like going against like the gender norms of stuff and it's it's a really it's a funny music video but it's a really good song yeah and it's just like so i think it's inspiring to like younger people because i think she is in an industry where she might be like dominated by like men and i think it's like powerful for people to actually like be okay with showing their vulnerability and views on those things Mm -hmm. awesome so book recommendation that you have for our listeners and our YouTube viewers, if people watch on YouTube. <laughs> um, I recommend um, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. It kind of reminds me of When Breath Becomes Air a little bit, but it's about this um, woman named Nora, and she's about, like, 30 years old, I think, like, 35 or something. And she, like, at first starts out, like, she um, shows her life. She's really unhappy with her life. She's almost, like, depressed. And she decides to end her life, like, she dies. But in between life and death, before she dies, she goes to this place called the Midnight Library, and she's met with this old librarian she had as a child, and it's kind of like um, like the, her helper in the library. And each book, like, represents um, a life that she could have lived, or, like, a life, like, she, in one, it shows that she was an Olympic swimmer. In one, she was, like, analyzing, like, these, like, Antarctic like glaciers in one she um was like a mom another she was like in her life but like she didn't she had a bunch of cats like some random things but then by the end she realizes that like she doesn't want any other life she like she wants to live because she started like ending her life um with like not wanting to live she was so unhappy she didn't want to live and then she realized that like in order to live like you just have to keep pushing forward like even if something doesn't go your way, like, you can fix it. Like, you can, like, have hope. And, like, there's a line at the end where she talks about, like, having hope. And I know that's what in Breath Becomes Air talks about, like, you know, having hope, finding meaning in your life. Mm-hmm. And and the thing with Midnight Library is, like, she goes into her life with no meaning. Like, thinking of nothing is meaningful. There's nothing going for me. And at the end, she realizes, like, yeah, like, I want to live. Like, I want to do the things I love. Like, I want to find meaning and value. Like, I want to live a life that I'm proud of, kind of. That's awesome. How did you find this book? Um, my mom showed it to me. My mom loves to read. She's always reading. And she showed it to me. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to read? It. Like, I had seen someone, like an influencer I follow. Um, she read it, and she was like, this book changed me. Huh. And <laughs> she was like, oh, changed me. Um, and then I 
um, nominated for summer reading this year, and a lot of people read it, but um, I reread it, and it was really great. Like, it just kind of switched, like, a perspective, like, on life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you for the wreck. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah, a lot um, of fun. It was fun. Yeah. Um, hope I'll see you tomorrow in class, you but have. I hope you have a great thanks or sorry, not Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> winter break. We've got some time off yes. here. So, how many finals do you have or I midterms? Have two. Two. And okay. then I'll have like, um, I take AP Gov right now to have a paper, um, at the end. But otherwise, I have two math and AP environmental science, which isn't fun, but otherwise. <laughs> Well, hope you get, get some done. good time to relax over break. Yes. And we'll see you in 2024. 2024. All right.